Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good morning, everybody. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, June 29th, 2020. Hope that you had a wonderful weekend and uh, that you have a great upcoming week and particularly a wonderful day celebrating the 4th of July and um, the uh, birth of America. So ultimately, uh, today's show is going to be focused on sports business and particularly finding new ways or innovative ways to advertise. And this is something that has sort of been going on in the media lately in terms of if you follow some of the news uh, with regard to uh, teams looking for ways to bring in revenue, particularly as professional sports are not being allowed to have fans and stands. And uh, that may vary from locale to locale. Some states may allow it. Some, um, you know, cities and counties may allow it. Some, you know, that, that sort of thing. But for the most part, I think it's only football at this point that has said that um, fans will definitely be in stands uh, in the fall, whether that's at 25, 50%, 75 or 100% capacity will, will, you know, will be seen, is yet to be seen. Uh, baseball's plan, uh, the, the printed plan that was given out to the teams and the Players Association does allow for fans to be in stands, but I believe at least for Los Angeles, for example, I think it is the uh, mayor of Los Angeles, uh, Eric Garcetti, who has said that uh, there will not be fans uh, at Dodger Stadium, at least for the time being, according to you know current health reports with regard to COVID-19. But um, we can be excited that sports are coming back, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, the NFL, um, which in some sense, I don't know if the season was ever really in doubt because for the most part, most health experts expected there to be huge spikes in COVID-19 uh, around March and April, and then that some of that stuff would begin to die down. And then, uh, of course, it would get spiked back up again as people got together and started congregating again. But I don't think the football season was ever really in doubt. I think it was the training camps and those sorts of things that were coming into play. And the question was whether there might be fans. But ultimately, Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, Major League Soccer, the NHL, the NFL are all coming back online. The National Women's Soccer League has started. Uh, A lot of other leagues around the world have gotten back into play, particularly German and English soccer. So uh, we're starting to see things come back around, which is great. And of course, when there's no fans attending games and you lose about about 40% of your revenue, according to Adam Silver, the commissioner of the uh, NBA, even though 99% of consumption of the game of basketball was done online, that's probably true for other sports as well, maybe not as much as baseball because you have 162 games in a normal season and you've got you know, for example, the Dodgers bringing in 4 million plus fans, uh, you know, consistently 
uh, and other teams, you know, the Yankees or the Red Sox, whatever, bringing in, you know, a lot of fans as well. Maybe that 99% rate is not particularly true for those sports. But my point being is, is that the in-person revenue revenue is about 40% of a team's overall uh, revenue and budget. And so in that sense, it's a significant loss to not have fans in the stands. You're talking about merchandise, you're talking about food and beverage, you're talking about events, you're talking about social media engagement, a lot of these different, these different things that would happen at a ballpark or arena or inside a stadium or on the pitch. And so, you know, here we are and got these sports teams looking for different ways to look for revenue, right? And I think one of the things that's happened is teams have gotten innovative and this makes sense, right? Cause you're not gonna have fans in the stands. And so that presents opportunities and, you know, as sports teams and athletes navigate the start restart or a hopeful continuance of their seasons, particularly if there's a postseason playoffs or if there's some sort of tournament happening, there's going to be a drive to find new sources of revenue and the marketplace for ideas seems to be focused on advertising spaces. And there's really three spaces in mind, and those are physical, digital, and on-person or uh, uniform. So, you know, thinking of patch on a jersey or something like that. So in the physical space where there, obviously you have seats next to the field or, um, you know, whatever arena or stadium or, ballpark that you're in, there's obviously going to be seats next to the field. Well, in keeping sort of with social distancing guidelines in sports, there is now an opportunity presented where you can fill those seats instead of just having them sit there, you put a tarp over them. And those tarps can include, uh, obviously, advertisements, you know, sponsorships, uh, branding opportunities, brand partnership, uh, that sort of thing. You know, for years, teams have done this, except they just never really put advertisements there. From what I have seen, for example, the Oakland A's consistently cover up parts of their uh, upper deck and certain places behind uh, that face out from home plate to the batter's eye. There's places where and ultimately some of that stuff has to be completely black or uh, color that does not um, interfere with the, you know, baseball coming towards the batter, you know, that sort of thing. That's really the only, um, I guess, limitation, but the Oakland A's have done that for years at the Coliseum because this was a situation where, uh, they had seats that they didn't want to use or whatever. And so now they're using it as an opportunity for advertising, which is great. And, you know, frankly, anytime it's a business, right. They need to bring in money to survive and money to make a profit. And, um, and that makes sense. You know, um, it, as such is the nature of the sports business. But again, those three spaces for advertising seem to be in physical, digital, and on uniforms. And so now we have this place where fans are not in the stands. You have tarps that can overlay those seats, particularly for the first six to eight rows of a stadium or of a ballpark or whatever it might be. And that's typically where the camera is going to be focused, right? It's going to be focused on the, the pitch or on the field or whatever it might be. And they, they might pan the crowd, but since there's no crowd, you might have advertisement there for those seats via tarps. You might have digital advertisements you could put there. You might have, um, obviously there's been talk about having uh, digital or virtual fan bases, you know, uh, being um, added to the stadium in terms of being able to 
you know, let's say I have a Google Hangout type thing. But that being said, um, the NFL has already committed to this. Uh, they're they're going to have teams doing this for the first, uh, those first, you know, six to eight rows, this whole idea of keeping distance from the players and keeping that bubble going. And especially for outdoor stadiums, um, there's probably less of a concern in that sense because you're not cooped up inside of a place. I may be wrong about that. I don't know the science on it, but it would just seem to me logically that outdoor elements would be better. Uh, definitely from an immune standpoint, uh, the more um, um, the more that you're in a situation where uh, you're succumbing to, let's say, the outside elements, the more likely you're going to build up your immune system and be stronger in that sense. But um, the NFL, again, has agreed to this, and so we'll see how that plays out. For the most part, it's where cameras are focused anyway is on the main field of play, where the players are at, where the action is happening, and maybe the first few rows of seats. And then they might pan out and show the rest of the stadium on occasion throughout a broadcast. But this just makes sense. Um, and, and ultimately, if fans can't be there, they might as well use that space for something, right? So we'll sort of see how that plays. You know, and I think, again, um, it also encourages uh, safety. So anytime you can encourage safety and make a little extra cash from a sports business standpoint and advertising me, advertising and advertisements I, I think that uh, it's it's a pretty good deal in that sense the next so that was physical the in the digital space this is where it can get really interesting right because in the digital space it's really potentially unlimited now of course there's broadcast rules uh, individual brand partnerships there might be limitations there might be limitations on how many advertisements can appear how many commercials can appear that sort of thing but where there's less fans watching sports games in person, ideally those same fans, if you're a team president, a team owner, or even as a player, those same fans who are not attending in person would watch the same games on the screen from home or from restaurants, right? And opportunities present themselves to have interactive commercial advertising, uh, advertising or advertisements that allow for split screen viewing to increase playing and commercial time. I've, I've seen this many different times where you're watching a game on the left uh, side of the screen and on the right-hand side of the screen is a commercial or vice versa. I think this is great because you still get to see the action. You get to see the players warming up. You get to see the pitching changes. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, you're, the folks are getting the commercial time and getting that, you know, that sort of revenue in the door. And where you have more fans watching digitally, those same tarps covering the seats will be viewed by more consumers, right? So in, in some sense, this is a combination between the digital and the physical space, and uh, which I think is great for the teams and it's great for the fans because they're getting the content and it's great for the advertisers as well. And you're not sitting there watching a commercial the whole time. You're actually getting some, um, some viewing time of the field as well. So we'll see how that plays out in person. I am very curious, as I'm sure many team owners and presidents are as to whether the digital space will actually increase with the physical space being diminished and that fans are not attending games in person for the most part. We shall see. I mean, ultimately, uh, the numbers out there by Nielsen and other groups have clearly shown that streaming has gone up during uh, the pandemic, and I don't see that uh, diminishing. I mean, um, 
logic and trends would tell us that would be the case, but we'll see what happens. The other thing to keep in mind, uh, our minds on are on athlete uniforms. So we talked about physical spaces. We talked about digital space. And the last sort of piece in this is on athlete uniforms. Now, of course, Major League Baseball and the Players Association did not agree to adding sponsor logos to the uniforms, their uniforms for the 2020 season. But there will be a difference this season in that in the 60-game season for this season and going forward, the Nike swoosh, I think it's a 10-year deal for a billion dollars, will appear on the uniforms for Major League Baseball players. I think it's in the upper right hand corner of the jersey might be left but anyway it's going to be on the one one upper right hand or left hand shoulder of of the player uniforms not sure what side that's going to be happening now of course during the negotiations of bringing back the season for baseball which took longer than any other at least publicly took longer than any other players association and ownership group for a professional league one of the proposals that was brought was this idea of having patches on the uniforms for 2020. It didn't happen. They didn't agree to it for this year. But the 2000, um, 2021, after that season, the collecting bargaining agreement will expire, meaning that 2022 could see sponsor uh, patch logos on uniforms. So again, additional source of revenue. Baseball is probably one of the more traditional groups. We've talked about this in a podcast before. We've talked about this in, in an article or written about it in an article about this idea of baseball being more traditional that way, whereas, let's say, soccer and NASCAR have been very extensive in terms of sponsorship placement and bringing in those different revenues. In some sense, this makes sense because um, traditionally um, – team sports like, let's say, baseball and football and hockey and um, basketball have had large broadcast, you know, partnership contracts, uh, particularly in America, um, you know, and you have these opportunities to where they're making a lot of money in other areas. Maybe there's not as much of a push uh, for, let's say, in the NHL um, or particularly, I shouldn't say the NHL, I should say MLS. Uh, or in NASCAR, where it's not really a team sport. You have NASCAR teams, but you have individual drivers. Whereas in the um, main five professional sports in America, you have team sports with unions, right? So my point being is, is that baseball has been very traditional with athlete uniforms in terms of patches and sponsors. Other leagues have not been as traditional. The NBA recently allowed jersey patches and I believe the average was about 20 to 25 million per year per team with those sponsorship placement deals. So there's some opportunities there for folks and for teams, and we'll just see how that plays out. You know, but I think with less fans purchasing parking tickets, um, and that's two separate words there, parking and tickets and merchandise, uh, sports teams will continue to drop the drive to be innovative. And the above three ways that we talked about are just three potential uh, ways to do that and to increase revenue in really this unprecedented time. And that is increasing the physical space or using the physical space that was once occupied by fans, or it's not going to be, at least for the foreseeable future, either for the 2020 and 21 seasons, uh, potentially um, in the 2020 or 21 season, but we shall see in digital space, which of course potentially is 
ever expanding because there is essentially no limitation and potentially more fans will be watching, uh, you know, via stream or via broadcast versus attending in person because they can't attend in person. And then, of course, the last space is really on athlete uniforms and what that's going to look like. And, uh, you know, we'll see. And one other piece here I just wanted to add, and we've talked about this previously, this whole idea of in-person, first-person first view sports where you have a camera mounted to a player. It's something that's kind of been suggested out there and um, whether it actually sees the light of day. But again, another potential avenue here is, of course, with social media. And this is not should be anything new, but the potential to increase there is now exponential because uh, there should be more fan engagement on social media as um, as sports come back for really main, two main reasons. One is people are, you know, dying for the content, and uh, secondly, um, this idea that um, you know as people are not attending in person, they're more likely to use social media, or more likely to. Uh, you know, watch a game uh, via broadcast or via streaming. So that was it. This is uh, episode 26, folks. Today is uh, Monday, June 29th. Hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Again, I'm your host, Jeremy Evans, uh, with Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Wishing you a great 4th of July, and uh, God bless to uh, you and yours. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.